This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, this is Kevin. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. Oh, hi there. Welcome to Podacy. I'm Kevin Todd Porter, but most folks around here call me Kevin. Why don't you get the whole family together and join us for another exciting episode of GCF? Did you nut? Two more straight whites going at it. Dog pile, everybody up on me. The tailpipe's a clarinet. I am entering an alternate dimension. Mickey, are you saying? That's a holy dick. What a weird image. Imagine he's getting saved right at this moment. <laughs> oh, one more soul in heaven. That's the sound of someone inviting Christ into their heart. It's this right here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to GCF. Good Christian fun. I'm Kevin. I am Caroline. We're here to have some good Christian fun. fun. And welcome to Adventures in Augusty. Yeah. It's the month of August. We're kicking it off with an episode or maybe two episodes this week. On adventures in Odyssey. I have always wanted to hear a super cut of our show, and I'm glad I finally got one because that was very fun. They really popularized to me those first adventures in Aussie teasers. Yes, were like the first Mad Men like trailers. So Mad Men was famous for having super esoteric, obscure promos for the next week's episode. It wasn't like Dawn gets in a car wreck. It would just be nonsense lines strung together. Oh. When I saw those, that always reminded me. Of adventures in Aussie because oh, they used yeah. to do the same. Yeah, they do that at the top very nicely. Caroline, for those that may not know, what is Good Christian Fun? Good Christian Fun is a, an organic farm where we only make good, clean jokes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pluck them out one by one. <laughs> Reap what Ethically you sow. done. Reap what you sow. <laughs> a lot of mustard seeds. That's right. A, a lot faith. of seeds fought, fell on the rock, though. Uh, uh, Someone's uh, spilling a seed a lot of the time. Uh, oh, man. Get back to work. <laughs> um, no, this is a podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, a lot of the stuff that you and I grew up with because we are Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we enjoy it. We have affection for it. and uh, But we, we may poke fun a little bit here and there. We get a little silly A little silly. Um, but we're not here to bash faith or to bash your Christianity. And we're also not here to tell you uh, that you need to be saved. We're not going to do that. No. There's no agenda except the laughs. <laughs> Number one agenda, laughs. <laughs> we want to save you from not laughing. That's the only thing well, I want to save yeah, you Yeah, and from. that's not true. We do have an agenda, but we're not telling you. <laughs> 
we're not here to proselytize or make you go to church. We're just here to have some good Christian fun. Thanks Car- for oh, thanks for repeating what I just said. Oh no, I just uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to demean. I'm sorry. How's your heart, Kevin? Uh, my heart's so excited. I've never been more excited to do an episode with this podcast. Wow. <laughs> Shots fired at all our other episodes. What? No, and that, no. Kevin, that's with not, a heavy heart, dragged no. himself to the microphone. Uh, okay, <laughs> Phillips, Craig, and Dean. All right, I guess we'll get into yeah. it. <laughs> Um, uh, you're thrilled about this? Well, this is the... We'll get into it when we get into the topic. But I, I've I've been very excited for the last week <laughs> to, to do this. It's great. Yeah. So uh, this, is a, this is a joy. Sometimes they say for like creative people, and I'm sure this is true of like a lot of jobs that are more than 40 or 50 hours a week. It's like always having homework. Mm. This podcast is always having homework yes, in a way. Always. But this week... The homework rocked <laughs> to get back into. Is yeah. the thing good? TBD. We'll find out. Caroline, how's your heart? My heart's good. Um, I, too, am excited about this. And uh, an unimportant update is that my plants at work died, and so I had to bring them home and try to put them to pasture out on my balcony mm-hmm. and see what happens. <laughs> kind of hope they live. Uh, not important, but kind of a sad, sad story. Well, I hope you foster them back to life. Thank you. You're, you're so good at hospitality. I know. And when people come into your apartment, hopefully they feel they feel full of life as your plants will once again. It's kind of now becoming a common thread that I'm thinking about. Like if I had a real nurturing personality, like my cat would be in good shape, my plants would be all alive. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get your my cat friendships on a would be thriving. Show. <laughs> your friendships are thriving. They are thriving. Although I did, uh, <laughs> I'm going to sell you out a little bit. The la- I uh, we were talking off mic, and I said, "What's the when's the last time you met someone, and you thought to yourself, wow, this person is amazing. I love being around them. I have to make them a part of my life.' When wh- who's the last person you felt that about? And you named a person who you met four years ago. <laughs> I know. I well, th- I think part of that too is my personality, and I just have a natural distrust of strangers, and I have since I was a toddler, basically. Let's so, introduce our guest. It's not saying much, yeah. <laughs> A stranger. First time meeting. Yeah, not sure about you. We'll see. Uh, we'll there's see. a uh, there's a famous story in my family where I was like bouncing on the bed with all of my like extended family with my mom, and I'm like laughing, and I'm two years old, and then my aunt, who I'm named for, walked in the room. Aunt Caroline, who I hadn't like seen in a while or didn't know. And I saw her slam down on the bed, sat down, and just gave her like the darkest stare. <gasps> like from a two year old, you know? Mm. I was just like, mm-mm, no. Not allowed. Not part of the family. As someone who's many a time been on the receiving end of that stare, <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's like. I can feel that trauma even now. It's bad, yeah. But we so. got a we got a hefty topic today, so let's introduce our let's guest get into right it. now. Friends, countrymen, ladies and gentlemen, you may know this gentleman from the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Los Angeles, California, formerly of the ArcLight Theater. Ooh. What the age, ladies and gentlemen? Give it up for Kale. Hey! Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. I feel very welcome. <laughs> you are Good. fantastic at hospitality. Oh, I think she, I think she's great. I really do think oh, she's great. Oh, thank you, Kevin. I, I appreciate truly, it. Truly, I am so comfortable. I hope I don't get that stare at any point <laughs> from the, as you put it, famous story. <laughs> Yeah, I love the redefinition of the word famous Everyone on this podcast. Knows it. 
Uh, I shouldn't even repeat it. It's so boring to hear it. You all point. saw them in the tabloid. <laughs> Kale, thanks so much for joining thanks us for on the here. show. I love this uh, process of having the guests praise me before they <laughs> get here. We'll make a regular segment. I just want to be liked. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, you are. Kill them with kindness. You're in. You are so good. Sweet. You feel yeah. free to let me know throughout the episode I'll if I'm like charting yeah. up or down. Just watch my eyes. Absolutely. That's <laughs> like there's certain restaurants. I forget which ones they were, but they used to have tip meters. On the on the oh, table, on. and however well you thought your waiter was doing, oh, you'd the like tip meter it? would go up or down, Aww. which I find to be mm, slightly inhumane. Like capitalism is bad. But anyway, we should get one of those for our guests. <laughs> <laughs> welcome for being here. Uh, welcome, welcome for, for being, being here. here. Honestly, no. Welcome for being here. on adventures <laughs> in Augusty. We're glad to have you as an adventure partner. Yes, I got so I didn't know how amped I was going to get win. Well, I didn't know you were going to play the the theme. Uh, and it really was, I was like, is this my Star Wars? Mm. Is this a new Star Dude, Wars? I mean, honestly, <laughs> like the way I felt that, I, I always ask that question because Star Wars isn't my Star Wars. What yeah. is my Star Wars? Like what mm-hmm. exists in my canon and I get truly upset about when people make changes to, or like, yes. no, he wouldn't do that, Mr. Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Adventures in Odyssey. I think like maybe albums 50 through 65 at Adventures in Odyssey are like my Last Jedi because oh. I love Last Jedi. So how many episodes have you listened to in your child? I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, maybe like four hundred. Wow, there's okay. eight hundred and something. Yeah, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. so that's good. Half the catalog. Now, yeah. Okay, got but it. before we get into the topic, Kale. Yes. Thank you again for being here. What's your testimony? What's your background and history with faith? Great. Yeah. I mean, where to start? Do people usually say that? They're like, I don't know where to begin. I usually just tell people start with your childhood. Yeah. Because it is, it's a big part of for a lot of people's childhood. So yeah, you can start there if you, you like. Know what? That's so true. For yeah. most people, childhood is a big part of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> most people. Hey, you know how you said you were liked at the beginning? <laughs> hey, no, I don't dial it. That was a funny <laughs> joke. <laughs> um, no, chronologically makes so much sense. Okay, so I was born. Um, into a very conservative uh, Christian family. I grew up mostly in and around Kansas and Missouri. We moved a little bit, but the heart of the country. And growing up, we went to a Southern Baptist church in Leavenworth, Kansas. Uh, Leavenworth is like a small—Leavenworth is a town in, in Kansas— where when they founded the town, they told everyone who lived in the town, we can either build a college or the state penitentiary. And everyone said, please build the prison because there will be more jobs. Oh um, so so Leavenworth practical. is like, <laughs> oh my people on the prairie are practical, if nothing else. They are. They like security, economic-wise. Wow. So, um, so there's a penitentiary and a fort. And, and so Leavenworth is like a very corn-fed town. Yeah. And so we went to a Southern Baptist church. We were involved. Uh, we were pretty involved. We went on Sundays and then like also on Wednesdays, uh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. My parents for a while helped host um the uh like youth group um for like social events and things like that so we were very involved there uh we lived there and i was also throughout throughout my childhood i was also homeschooled um uh uh, were you as well for how long i I was homeschooled i went to public school for fourth grade but then i went to I was homeschooled up until junior and senior year of high school. I like when you guys, okay. co- like homeschoolers, compare notes. It's like, how many tours did you do? You know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, 
Well, well and there's so, what I've realized after the fact is there's so many, so many different versions of homeschooling, and right, like yeah. we like a Becca, I, Bob Jones. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I we did a Becca, mm-hmm. and we were like adjacent to the floor length denim skirt people, but we were not those people. <laughs> yes, okay, I know exactly what you're talking. So about. I, would, I would like go to the always I would denim. Go to the co-op. And like be around them and be like, these kids are weird. And then I would anyway, go to back to my Odyssey tape. Yeah, <laughs> back to normalcy. And then I would also go to soccer practice and be like, these kids are weird too. These kids are crazy because um, <laughs> they get because they're allowed to watch TV. Um, Were you not? Well, I had a pretty restricted diet in terms of what I was allowed to consume. I've seen one episode of The Simpsons. Uh, I've seen like one episode of Seinfeld, things that like were things that I would have been watching during my childhood. I watched a lot of, I was allowed to play video games for in 30 minute increments and I had to like earn it. It, Like everything in my life was a privilege and is a privilege. I'm very privileged. Uh, (laughs) But every, (laughs) but but anytime I got to do something fun, it was like, uh, as uh, it was like a treat for a treat. Yeah. Or like a reward in some way. Absolutely. Uh Um, And so, so I did have things I was allowed to do. Like Pokemon was huge for me. I loved Pokemon, but it took a long time to, and Harry Potter as well. Those were the two, those were, Pokemon and Harry Potter were the two biggest battles of my childhood <laughs> um, in terms of like what I, what I so desperately wanted mm-hmm. yeah. um, but wasn't allowed to. And I remember even with Pokemon, I don't remember what it was, but like I think our church was the kind of church where there, we ended up, there was some pamphlet um, uh, that I found and it was, I knew it was going to be in my parents' possession and it was about how, Pokemon is sinful because of evolution. Oh, no. Um, and, and so I oh, like, because of evolution? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought it was because they like cast <laughs> spells and stuff. That's not good either. Yeah. Because uh. I've told this story before, but I went to a Christian school and they found out that some of the second graders were pretending to be Pokemon during recess mm-hmm. and they had to like <laughs> ban it. They like put an end to it. Like yeah. you can't pretend to be Pokemon. <laughs> no. so wow. cute and so sad too. Yeah. Wait, so evolution like... If, like they change from If one. you keep believing in evolution, then I guess m- monkeys turn into man, turn into Charizard. Right, yeah. Point. Well, everything is, you know, um, uh, what, as one of my high school teachers put it, the devil has no stories. Every story is like communicating a, a worldview of some kind. And Pokemon was communicating the worldview that the earth is more than 6,000 years old mm. and that man is... Yeah, evolution is real yeah. and all that kind of Fantastical stuff. Fantastical characters. It feels intrinsic. Yeah. yeah, so I took this pamphlet and I hid it from my parents and I like <laughs> wept when they found it. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, no. It was inter- Yeah, so I guess it was interesting in that way where we could always, for the most part, have a conversation. I ended up getting to watch Pokemon, but it was like a struggle and a fight and I had to prove the like... Uh, value of it. I want to know what the value of Pokemon was for you. I think the value that's typical with a lot of adventure stories of like Mm. uh, standing up for your friends. bravery, they have character. Valor, sacrifice. Exactly, yeah, a lot of sacrifice. I would love it if your argument had been like, it's making me smarter actually and (laughs) I'm getting better at memorizing characters. God (laughs) wants me to be badass like ashes. (laughs) I wish I had thought of that. And then I did that as well also in high school with Harry Potter specifically. We went to church, we went to that Baptist church in high school we went to like non-denominational churches um but the probably the meat of my experience with religion uh, was uh through the high school that i attended after i was done being homeschooled in the eighth grade um i went to a uh a high school that 
operated out of the basement of a church uh, called, I was just stopped myself. I was like, am I allowed to say the name of it? It's up to you. Of, uh, I, we don't care. No, it's called Faith Christian Academy. And it was a university model uh, Calvinist high school. Um, I've never so, heard of a Calvinist. Yeah, high usually they don't lead with the Calvinism <laughs> yeah. in a high school. Yeah, you're uh, elected to be in chemistry. <laughs> yeah, um, you've not been elected to graduate, you <laughs> dummy. But why I thought of that is for our senior project. Uh, um, so the university model aspect of it is that yeah, it was. So it was based on the uh, trivium, uh, which from the Middle Ages was uh, the format for education, where the emphasis was on the three main components of learning, which are grammar, logic, and rhetoric. Um, Interesting. Uh, so I, you know the Middle Ages, which are known for <laughs> education. <laughs> kind of the, I guess I would say the peak of knowledge and insight and uh, A renaissance of human thought, you know? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It really should be called the renaissance. Yeah, it's a renaissance. The renaissance Middle Ages is, is a renaissance. Well, <laughs> it should be called the renaissance. And the Wait, what was it? Rhetoric. It was rhetoric, 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 <laughs> Reddit, nine gag, <laughs> and four chan. Uh, it's actually the chive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, uh, so it's grammar, logic, and rhetoric. So grammar, we took logic, like Latin and classes in formal logic. Yeah, and, but it seems very like humanities driven. A absolutely, little bit. very mm-hmm. humanities driven. Liberal arts, very little science. <laughs> The science was too much science, young man. The science was there, but you had to find it. Um, (laughs) You you had to work. Science is there. I feel so bad for there's this guy uh, who I went to school with named Andrew, and he was the only one. Most of us were like, "Cool, no science, awesome. (laughs) Yeah, no no math, perfect." But he Um, loved it. But he he, like he well he's now he's an engineer, and so he was like, "I need to." And so it it we he ended up in these situations where it was like, uh, "All right, Andrew, you're gonna learn." calculus by yourself oh, man. Um, <laughs> and we're gonna bring in a 90 year old man exclusively to teach you wow um <laughs> i'm glad they accommodated one kid's desire for math yeah thank goodness um, but yeah. i i always wonder if that limited him in some way but anyway the reason i so the reason i was thinking of this so for our senior project in rhetoric we had to do essentially a thesis we had to like present a thesis and defend it um and you got to pick your topic and it's interesting now looking back and seeing what everyone chose um, because my friend who's a teacher, uh, hers was like, teaching is good. Aww, yeah. <laughs> and my friend who uh, is also maybe not as attached to faith in the same way now in a similar way that I am, hers was like, maybe psychology is fine and people should be allowed to go to therapy. Oh, uh, and mine was about Harry Potter and why... It is uh, not only okay to read, but is Christian. Mm. Uh, Like it is a Christian text. Mm. Uh, And I still think, I think that's true. I I stand it. Yeah, it was such a weird distinction to me and I never understood just because C.S. and Tolkien were explicitly Christian authors. Right. Mm-hmm. The Who wrote about magicians and Friggin' wizards and all up in those books. <laughs> yeah. And then Harry Potter, I don't understand. Like, it's not like everyone when became a witch. It wasn't like castles and cauldrons. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah it wasn't like, it wasn't like that, which actually happened. Yeah. Which really happened. They <laughs> summoned a demon. That's right. Not, in castles and cauldrons, they summoned a demon? In the episode Adventures in Odyssey, they uh, almost summoned a demon. That's and, heavy. And it's great because Mr. Whitaker, like, faints at the feeling of evil he's like something bad is happening i feel it in <laughs> my bones anyway but yeah so so you saw the oh, yeah, you could identify the the christian virtues 
Well, I, not only that, but I was like desperate too. I was always so desperate in growing up. So, so my experience with faith, I think, to put like a, a a layer over all of this is like I have good student syndrome. So I was always like academically engaged. I always won the like who can like memorize the most Bible verses. I was very good at that part of it, and I was very good in in school of. Uh, uh, saying what I knew they wanted to hear in our like hermeneutics classes yeah. and things like that, but I did always have a foot. Nothing, it did. Something didn't latch for me. Something didn't work for me. I couldn't sing. I love singing. I love like, uh, but I couldn't like singing hymns was really hard because I didn't feel it. And praying was really hard because the emotional. There's some kind of emotional disconnect there, and I think a large part of it was that I was just weird. I was just a weird kid, and I was a little bit of an outsider. So whereas like going to youth group for a lot of people and being like, now we're going to like, I don't know, play a game where we just tackle each other and that's all we're going to (laughs) do. And they were like, this is... Oh, tackle ball? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Another round of hit your friends. (laughs) I I was like... like, Sorry to bother you. I got this shit kicked out of me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's right. And, and so yeah, so, so yeah. I, I don't know. I was just was always just like, like I didn't, that. I didn't like quite know where I fit. And so I think as a result, well, I knew what I liked. I liked movies and like music and TV, and I wanted so desperately to like consume pop culture, and it was just all forbidden. Uh, and so I was always looking to like experience it or redeem it in any way I could. I was like, my ears would perk up anytime it was like Paramore's Christian. I'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, they, they yeah. Yeah. listen to them. Is yeah. this allowed? Uh-huh. Uh, one of my favorite things to do growing up was I don't remember what website it was, but it was for sure run through Focus on the Family. Plugged in? Yes, yeah, movie Where they, reviews. Yes, yep. And I just was obsessed with so the so the website plugged in. I guess for people who don't know was a review website for films where they would uh, review the quality of the movie, kind of. But then just the sexual content, the profanity, the violence, the negative themes. Yeah, Yeah. the moral quality of it. And I would just, I was allowed to go to that website, so I was like obsessed with going and just reading plot summaries of movies that I would never get to watch and also kind of getting off on the like descriptions of they would be like oh yeah the sex there's stuff? partial nudity oh, those, yeah. Yeah. those white those what white kind? top or bottom God, so you can see the curvature of her butt when she yeah, bends I like, over <laughs> descriptive in a yeah it, are, it gets huh? descriptive it got <laughs> it was it was uh, it's almost like an underground smut factory focused yeah. on the family yeah. which I, I read a few emails or saw other comments that other people too were like yeah that's what we looked at it was hot to. yeah it was like the closest you could get to sexual content as like a christian kid absolutely yeah mm-hmm. so yeah so that was my so that was my childhood and then i went to secular college a private uh liberal arts school and even that was like i could tell uh i knew when i was graduating they were like, don't go there. <laughs> and I was like, I have to. Um, but I didn't know at the time why. I didn't know that it was like a, a, a doubting or like a, a faith-related thing. I was just like, I can't. This world is too small for me. I need something more. I want to like go places and do things. And you keep telling me I'm not allowed to. Yeah. What was the, what was like the normal path that people took after high school? Like did the most of them go to a Christian college or just stay in town? Um, that you were like special to go to this school. It's interesting. So there were, um, 12 or 13 people in my graduating class. And it seems like 
fully almost a 50-50 split between people who, uh, and I got a great education. It was a very hard, rigorous school. And so it's interesting in, to me that half of, half of the people who graduated with me seem to have taken the lessons that I took, which was like, uh, I don't know, like uh, uh, critical thinking skills and like, and like debate and, and, stuff, yeah, yeah, and, and knowing how to write and things like that. And then like kind of split, like I uh, moved away. And then the other half are, I guess, maybe more of like what you might expect from someone in that context where, yeah, they either went to like a community college or a Christian school um, or just straight, straight up didn't go and started a family um, and they like, you know, of course they all have kids now yeah. and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So real, real 50, 50. That is a tiny class that under, that 15 helps or me 16 more understand. People? Yeah. Oh, yeah Cause I like, graduated with a thousand. So small. Yeah. I had a hundred classmates, which still, I thought was small. <laughs> I said I graduated with a thousand because I was homeschooled. I couldn't actually walk with them, but I was cheering from the stands. Do you mean a thousand angels? All right. <laughs> Yes, I do mean a thousand <laughs> angels, a thousand moms. Um, so you, so you went to this liberal arts college, kind of for like a different world, almost, just like get out and yeah, see what else is out there. Well, and I always knew, I don't know, I always knew that I wanted to. This is another thing that I have had to like suss out and parse apart. I, so now I'm an actor. Growing up, I never said I wanted to be an actor. I never told anyone, uh, but I would just always kind of like secretly do it uh close the door close the door he's doing mcdonald's i'll be on a minute oh captain my captain (laughs) (laughs) oh just one second mom (laughs) yeah was it that was it like pretending when you were alone or was it it was so i uh, while i was homeschooled i uh uh was still always involved in extracurriculars and things like that and i went to uh an after school program uh called christian youth theater and that's where i like wait i did that cyt think yeah um, and Why you would do. Maybe you would because you told me. I think I did. That. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was you. <laughs> you would like take a class and, and then yeah. also put on a musical. Okay, yeah, yeah. Usually, so yeah. that's when I started. An original well, musical or like no, a Christian properties, existing properties. Uh, not always. Sometimes Christian. Like we did do a Chronicles of Narnia musical. Um, I was my... a Cruelly. I was a Cruelly. I was one of the White Witch's demons. Um, what? That's not. I don't think that's in the book. I'm pretty sure it's not a part that they invented so Demon. that the chorus could be large enough to accommodate every person. A bunch person. of random I children. I think it was a very important <laughs> part. Yeah, kinda, you know, actually, there was a whole chapter about a one special Cruelly. <laughs> yeah, that's in the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, and that was my source material for my character ah. well you need to fill those silver chairs in the theater <laughs> <laughs> so that was an outlet yeah, yeah yeah so i would do that and then i just kept and then in in high school we did the plays and that was actually a huge benefit of going to a school with no people is <laughs> You're um, the star they were like we did the importance of being earnest and the casting process for that was f- <laughs> fully Kayla and Travis, which parts do you want? <laughs> were you the only two boys in the school? They're the only two boys who were uh, any good at acting. <laughs> nice. There were other boys, uh, but they sucked at acting. <laughs> and they're not listening to this. Yeah. And also, they probably, I don't think Caleb Yonke wanted to. So mm. he, yeah. Caleb Yonke. Name names, by all means. I love it. I, I, I wouldn't mind. My, high, my 10-year high school reunion was this year, and I would loved to have gone back and check in with everybody. Okay, so then uh, you always knew you kind of wanted to do acting. Oh, right, yeah. Side. So I went mm-hmm. to, so I think part of that was like, I know that I, 
I don't know exactly. Like, I also studied political science. I loved politics as well. And so that was part of what drove me to Denison. Um, although at the time, I was like, oh, man, I can't even... I've been reflecting a lot recently on, like, just how different I am. And, and uh, <sighs> going into college, I was so... Republican. I definitely grew up in a context where, uh, like, being Christian and Republican were the same thing. Yeah. They were. Uh, but you're in a Republicans Anonymous right here. Don't worry about it. Okay, good. <laughs> Former Republican well, Anonymous. <laughs> well, I mean, ex Republican. Sure. Not current sure, Republican. sure, sure, sure. Well, let me see if you can get on my level. Did you, <laughs> um, in this, uh, uh, the summer of eighth grade, did you go to the public pool and read multiple Ann Coulter books for fun? No, but I did read a book that was all about why Title IX was ruining America's boys. <laughs> okay, in eighth grade. Okay, and so then I, and then uh, in tenth grade, I went to a college level like Republican small youth conference. Basically, did you Barbara. chant four more years with your friend Jabe Cravens in youth group Ooh, consistently uh, on Wednesday? You nights. might be a young Republican <laughs> here. if you chanted four more years for Bush W <laughs> before you could drive. You People might be a young Republican. Anyway, yeah, yeah. my other. That's so funny. Your poolside reading was Ann Coulter. And I remember, like, uh, uh, I don't know who she was, but someone's mom came up to me and was like, I'm so proud of you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh it was a badge of honor. I was given those books. I had Coulter books. Yeah. yeah. I, although I preferred Laura Ingram at the time because she was just, like, a little funnier to me. And also she talked more about pop culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was, I remember her being more of, like, the relationship doctor and things like that than, yeah, yeah and pop culture than yeah. politics. Uh, my other uh, source of private shame when it comes to, like, uh, my politics. Um, uh, I'm really exercising myself <laughs> really today. What it's for, man. It. No, it's what it's for. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, in high school, so I grew up outside of Kansas City. Uh, it were, at that point, I lived outside of Kansas City. And uh, so the Kansas City Star newspaper, one of my favorite things to do was read the newspaper. It was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and they had a section that was written by teenagers. Uh, and all you just could, you could submit to be on the writing staff for that. So I submitted um, to do that. And I got to do it. And it was a lot of fun. Um, it was really cool. One 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 time we were having the like meeting with everyone, and there was a new law. There was a bill that was being presented in like the Missouri State Senate or something like that about stem cells. And the column they wanted to do was like a pro con debate um, about the bill. Uh, and every other teenager was like, "Stem cells are good." I will write the pro column. I was the only person who was willing to write the against column. And I got mail because of it. I got like both, I got mail from people that was like, like very similar to the Ann Coulter thing. Like, we're so proud of you for sticking up for what's right. And people in Missouri don't have thick Southern accents. I know, but, but you're doing it so well. <laughs> you're, you could convince I'd, me. I'd lean into it. <laughs> um, but I also got mail that was like, uh, not hate mail, but that was like, I got a I got an email that's that said like I feel so bad for you because I know that you don't know what you're talking about. I know that this is not your opinion. Um, and I hope that one day you are in a context where you can have your own opinions. Oh my wow. god. Even if they're the same opinion. 
Uh, and at crazy. the time, I'm I was like... sure it was like, maddening at the time, but yeah. now you're like, well, at the time, you remembered it, it. At the time, I was like, I must be doing something right. <laughs> Getting these libs fired up. That's my, that's my favorite thing about like contemporary Christianity is that it's like, you know, you bet we're persecuted. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> that means I'm just living out my Christianity. Yeah, that mm-hmm. means I'm doing it right. If, mm-hmm. if you're mad at me, then I am winning. Um... I really wish I could find Don't that Don't point person. at me when he says winning. <laughs> Sorry, oh, do we, we want to do some Charlie Sheen stuff? No, we recently <laughs> did a deep dive through Kevin's old Twitter feed, and he said winning, like, so much. I do have an impression of Calvinist uh, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> uh, sinning. <laughs> and he points at himself. Whoa, niche joke. Also, Calvinist high it. school students in algebra class were called vessels of math. Continue. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I mean, I think I, I don't know. Uh, uh, that's those are just some that's some ephemera, some anecdotes from it. my childhood. It's amazing. I yeah. ended up in college. I continued to go to church. I was part of it was called like Denison Christian Community. It was like, but also like one foot in, one foot out. I think I stopped going to church full time somewhere around my junior year. And then and then I moved to L.A. and moving to L.A was just like a big shock to the system in a lot of ways. So I didn't, I've been to a couple churches here just coincidentally with like people I know. I haven't really sought them out. Beaver's um, Church. You go to Beaver's Church. That one's cool. Do you go to it? Which one is that one? I don't know. Uh, Hillsong. Hillsong. Or he went to City Church for a little bit, right? Yeah. I think he went to Mosaic too. I, I, think that, I think I did go to Mosaic for a service. Mosaic's the painting one. Um, That's how I, I still have never it. been. I've heard so much about you it. Should go. Been. Anyway, yeah, so you, I also think I went to maybe reality, reality LA. Reality LA. Heard of it? Yeah. And stomping grounds. Uh, and um, I mean, everyone was like so hip uh, uh, for sure. So moving to LA, I was just like, how am I going to pay rent? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And then um, I guess just like uh, I don't know how how real we want to get but we we want to get um we uh, completely authentic uh (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you don't want me to come on your podcast and lie to your face (laughs) um i'd respect (laughs) yeah um i think really this past year this past year has been a very hard year for me i i would describe myself as like being very in the desert right now when it comes to faith and faith issues and a lot of that stems from, I guess, the other big thing I didn't even mention. I totally forgot. Uh, totally forgot to talk about it. In high school, in my junior year of high school, my dad came out. My dad is a gay man, and um, uh, so our that's a big thing. It was a big thing. Yeah. It was so it was a total one eighty for our experience up to that point, and also like just for me was like, wait, so you're telling me that everything you have told me up to this point is just like not true. Mm. So it was very confusing. And I just like, it was also um, for reasons outside of his sexuality, um, just like a generally traumatic time for my family. So I was just kind of like coasting for several years, just like going through the motions of what felt consistent and familiar. And I honestly thought that I was in a place where I'd kind of put all of that to bed and had kind of come to terms with it. And it did take, I, I don't think I was ever a hateful person, but it did take me a lot of work to come to a place where I was 
what I believe, uh, like accepting of my dad in the right way and like reconciling that with like my faith and what I believe to be moral and true. And then within the past year, I think because of the political climate and um, just also like things going on in my own life, it's like, oh, I didn't, I haven't figured this out yet. I have not, I don't know. I very much don't know what I think or believe or feel. And it's, it's really difficult, um, I'll say, uh, because I'm very torn into, I feel like like I'm being pulled in uh, multiple directions because my dad and my brother, because uh, uh, my brother was so young when all of this was happening that he didn't grow up in the same church context that I did or even in the same educational context. He has had almost a fully secular experience in terms of like how he lived and and grew up. And so he's now in college and is like, um, dare I say very woke. He's very woke. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And my dad is, uh, you know, Steve's living his best life, uh, uh, getting up to a lot of shenanigans, I would say is a good way to describe his life philosophy right now. Okay. Um, Um, And then on the other side of things, my mom is, she goes to a Church of Christ church. She, I mean, you know Fox News is just on all the time in the Mm -hmm. background. Unless we're watching Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna Gaines. We'll mix it up sometimes. Well, they're Christians. (laughs) Yes. They're Christians. And then my sister uh, and her husband, she works for their church. She works at kind of a mega church in Kansas, uh, and she helps run the youth services mm-hmm. uh, from an administrative side of things. So I just don't know. There's, a, there's so many there. splintered yes. experiences. Ask, um, yeah. Sorry, I'm not super familiar with Church of Christ, like that denomination. Yeah. Do you know how it like differentiates itself from other things? I, I honestly you know? don't really know. know. Okay. My I, impression from high school is that it was a little more conservative than a lot of okay. denominations. It's, it's very conservative. I think this might be wrong. So... Uh, I guess feel free to at me in the comments. Um, <laughs> you sure? <laughs> no, at Jesus. Jesus <laughs> took your Twitter reply, so you don't have to. Kale. Oh, oh thank please. Goodness. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, I Grace abounds. I just almost knocked over the microphone. That's, uh, that's why I ex- uh, exclaimed. Um, the spirit was moving in me. Um, <laughs> I think they like maybe don't have instruments. Are they one of those places? Yeah. I think that's, yeah, yeah because I think... I know about that because Pepperdine is a Church of Christ mm, okay. school. That's where my sister went. And I think they, they have worship, but they don't use any instruments or something. Which is but they'll sing. nuts. I think I God the situation. Someone's music. I bet there's I some kid out there who's like got a trumpet that he only plays in the closet, you know? Yeah. yeah. yeah Alex. <laughs> um, nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're, you're maybe kind of caught squat in the middle between these sort of factions in your family or you're like I'm not interested in choosing a side anyway well I I'm interested in coming to some kind of understanding because I'm interested in preserving and developing relationships with the members of my family Mm -hmm. even though we might not exist in the same kind of family unit that we used to uh what was the question? No, I, I guess what you do when you're in that position with your family, yeah. Because it's not, yeah. it's maybe not an open conflict and maybe an implicit conflict. No, it's pretty open at this okay. point. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty it's pretty difficult. I think that's, uh, when I said the last year has been difficult, that's why it's been difficult. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of um, conversations that have, 
I don't know if acrimonious is, that feels like maybe too strong of a word, but uh, a lot of contentious discussions because I am, I guess where I'm at, I'll say a couple things. One is I, I really want to pull apart and, and uh, uh, understand how much of my relationship with like all the things that I'm so frustrated about by the church and by Christianity and especially American Christianity, uh, I'll say is like, I'm like, how much of that is faith and how much of that is just straight up like growing up in the Midwest in a a very Republican context Mm, versus like living in LA versus the Midwest. That's its own cultural shift that I'm trying to navigate on top of this uh, faith stuff. So where I guess what I'd say as far as like where I'm at is like I do have very firm beliefs about the world as I know it and how I choose to interact with it and how I think people should. I'm uh, I'm very liberal and like proudly liberal and and I think that I think that that can be backed up from a Christian point of view. so now I guess I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, well, do I, for my specific brand of, um, like, being a person who chooses to live in a liberal society, like, is that where I'm drawing from, or am I drawing from something else? I don't think I'll ever be able to fully step away from it, and I don't know that I want to, but I for sure don't know what that means or what that looks like. I am 100% going to go to a Quaker church uh, in a couple weeks because yeah. uh, that seems like very uh, intriguing to me. But yeah, so just doing a lot of, a lot of questioning right now. I understand, yeah. Um, and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's odd being in LA doing that because I think I make the assumption that no one else is experiencing that or thinking that or feeling that. Um, but obviously that's not true. There's a whole podcast about it. Yeah. It's called yeah. the liturgist. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think uh, I think uh, a lot of us ex-evangelicals, if you like that term, kind of go th- are in that process too of like how much of the faith I was taught that I find like frankly despicable in points. How much can I extricate and still find value in what Jesus was or in what did he teach? There's a lot of the Bible I just have to throw out. Like, is that okay? Is that allowed? Mm-hmm. And if I do that, is there even a point in being a Christian? versus just being humanist or anything else. And mm-hmm. so it, it is kind of a painful and difficult process. But for me, there's still these like touchstones to Christianity that like do mean something to me beyond yeah. that. And I like can't let it go. Like, so I'm not, I'm not interested in entirely like cutting off my Christian limb or whatever. It's just like, how do I reconcile mm-hmm. it now? And, and thankfully there's plenty of writers and bloggers and people that speak and have found that brand of Christianity that I'm like trying to figure out now and yeah. like understand. Well, in friends That's easier too. to swallow. In friends, yeah. And people that I've talked with that are like, okay, then I can now, I can be a Christian and I can extricate it from the culture that was wrong and still find value in it. So, Because yeah. I, was, I was just going to kind of ask simply and maybe kind of end on this point. How do you feel about God in all of this? I feel like I struggle with really separating my relationship with Christianity from a relationship with Christ or God or whatever you Mm -hmm. want to say that is. And and so how do you feel about that stuff right now? I think, okay, I, so you were talking about touchstones. I don't know if this is like quite the same thing, but I guess what I said when I was like, oh, I think there are things I'll never be able to let go of. Like, I think I still this is going to sound crazy because I'm phrasing it as an I think not and I know. Um, like, I think I still pray and I think I still mean it. 
Yeah. Um, that's as good as anything. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be insecure about that at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I definitely don't pray the way I used to pray where I was like, I'm going to read a devotional and then like perform a little ritual mm-hmm. and then like, um, Incorporate that. what was Reading the ritual? Into my prayer. <laughs> you know, just kneeling. Yeah. Um, did you ever do, um, what was the one I learned act? which was like adoration, confession, confession. thanks. Oh, and yes. And supplication uh-huh. where that you get to ask for something but at the end. Yeah, you got to wait. Do acknowledge what a piece of P. shit yes. you are. <laughs> how good God is, yeah. how great everything is. Actually, you know, on some level it's kind of good like if you check all these things remind yourself to be grateful and then well, fully think is. about asking about some, for something, Also, you know? a lot of what I've been doing in the past couple years is I I mean, uh, as we say in Missouri, California is the land of fruits and nuts and <laughs> Uh, That's my grandfather's favorite phrase. (laughs) Oh, man. And it's true. It's uh, like... uh, It is delicious organic ones, too. mm -hmm. I've been like some... I don't know. I tried meditating Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And I was like, wait, this is praying. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It's the same thing. So I think, yeah, that there is... Again, there is so much value right, in yeah. a lot of the, I don't know, rituals or touch, touchstones is a great word. I don't yeah. know why I tried to change it. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course there is. You no, you know, like this it. is You punched it up. This is <laughs> yeah. centuries of people, you know, struggling to find the nuggets of truth and value and spiritualism in, in yes. Christianity. And some people did it bad. Some people did it good. Yeah. So yeah. there is good stuff, of course, that we adopted through it. So. But I appreciate that you're still wrestling with it and it's still an active part of your thought life. And, and I think that's as good as you can hope for. I think still being aware of like whatever the tension is not being like I found it I arrived but I think about years that went by where I was just checked out and I was like I don't want to think about it I don't want to talk about it I don't want to talk to people about it and those were my lowest points it wasn't like I feel shitty about this or I feel like 15% this and 25% that I think that's a much better state to be in because to me it's still a confirmation that you're still alive and you still care about something and and you do want to like at least have a heart that is postured towards understanding and a trajectory towards understanding whether it's something about yourself or the universe or God to me, that's way better than just like the apathy of checking on being like, I don't care who cares. Yeah. Leave you know what alone. that reminds me of? Someone who's been some uh, uh, like a, a writer who's been very helpful to me recently is Kent Dobson. Uh, he wrote a book called Bitten by a Camel. He was the guy who took over for Rob Bell after Rob Bell was left Mars Hill. Uh-huh. And then the he, other Mars Hill, not uh, the Driscoll Mars Hill. There were two Mars Hills. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. And then Kent Dobson was subsequently fired uh, f- uh, for camel stuff uh, camel stuff um, for basically uh, for basically introducing like some doubt into his perspective mm-hmm. and one thing he talks a lot about which is why is, Rob Bell left <laughs> yeah exactly wow. um, uh, he just talks about this idea of like uh, worshipping uh, and you know Christians love to point out other people's idols um, uh, he talks about the idea of like worshipping certainty and uh, so much of his issues with uh, contemporary faith are about giving primacy to being certain of anything. Yeah. Um, mm. So I like how you phrased that and yeah. it made me think of it. Yeah. That is a lovely yeah. thing. Well, thanks for sharing your story, yeah, Kel. Thank you. Oh, sure. My pleasure. That was pleasure. very generous a great story. and vulnerable yeah. and well thought out. I appreciate I it. I love hearing everyone's story on the show. It's so vastly mm. different and even just like regionally throughout the country, how different it's mm. been, you know, versus like my Southern California thing, your Texas thing, your Missouri thing. And mm. Not that states played the most important difference but no let's pit them against each other <laughs> they say in a couple of years 70% of the population will live in eight states 
Isn't that nuts? Wow. So seventy percent of all of America is going to live in one of eight states. Huh. Which makes the Electoral College seem real cool and fun. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let's dive in. Okay. Come on, let's go. Before we get into adventures and Odyssey in particular, Christian pop culture. Were you into like Christian music growing up or in the youth group? Or? Um I listened to it here and there, but again, I think like not to, I've always been a very pretentious person. I would say that's probably my number one quality <laughs> is pretension. So I was just, the whole time I was like, you guys, this is bad. Number one quality. <laughs> this is not good. Wait, that's actually pretty similar to how I felt about Christian music too. I was just like, no, uh, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. I liked, I mean, I liked that Mary Mary song. Jackals. Uh, yeah. Undeniable, friend. Because it's Undeniable. a great song. I would listen to that song right that? now. I don't know. Well, sure. why not? Yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> you, you know the song, I believe. We've played it before. Yeah. yeah. The the other half of this duo did I Love God. Oh. Choreographed to dance to this. Oh, yeah, I know this song. Oh, yeah. This is also, like, about as spicy as I was allowed to get in my music. Sure. It is spicy. Yeah. I'm turned on. Sh- I'm so I'm horny. By Wait, Whoa. about God? I guess. I don't know. I'm turned on for the a, a kink thing going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, Shackle. You can draw a direct line from Shackles by Mary Mary to BDSM stuff. <laughs> yeah. You go to a strip club, you like request Mary uh, Mary in the song. I'm so sorry. What, did, what, did, what did Adventures in Odyssey mean to you? Are you thinking about um, it? Yes. I loved Adventures in Odyssey. And I guess uh, from that perspective, I haven't listened. I listened to the episodes we. Were, I listened mm-hmm. to the episodes we were going to talk about, and then a couple more. And I think it's still. I mean, not a spoiler, but like, I think it's good. I think I liked it because it was good and like well produced and well written and well acted. Yeah. Like the the markers of good art were at least present. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, someone tried very hard when they made this. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it meant to me was it was uh, after dinner. Is eight thirty. No screen time. Uh, I had read enough books for the day, but you know I was going to get a snack from the treat drawer and listen to Adventures in Odyssey. Oh, what a Enjoy lovely. some theater of the mind. This ritual set, sounds good. This, this sounds like a, a great good 2018 yeah. Friday night. <laughs> it seems like yeah. if I could incorporate these practices into my life right, right. now, I'd be doing well. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So it was. So it was a solo thing. Did you share it with any of your siblings? Or? Um, I feel like my siblings would listen. Um, uh, as well, definitely my definitely my younger brother. Even though that's funny, he, that, I think Adventures in Odyssey is, is maybe like the one Christian touchstone um, that he has because we, we we did go to church when he was like very young, but then pretty much stopped. But he continued he continued listening to because he falls asleep to audiobooks. He continued listening to Adventures in Odyssey as he fell asleep all through high school. Um, wow. So I would argue, arguably. It means more to him than it does to me, and you should have had him on the podcast instead. <laughs> oh, can you we'll go, Skype actually? Him in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, leave him, and we'll, we'll Skype him in. Oh, that, uh, to me, that says a lot. If, like, a high school boy is like, I'm going to keep listening to this It's just very senior soothing. Year. It it's is so soothing. soothing. Yeah, and yeah, I, but I can see it. Are, mm-hmm. uh, what, uh, what was your era? Because everyone, it's like, I'm going to 
make this is the first of a million comparisons I'm mm-hmm. going to make on the show, but it's very much like The Simpsons. Everyone has a particular era oh, I don't that they know enjoyed what that more. Is. I don't have one either. The never who? Watched the Simpsons. I know both of you have never watched The Simpsons, which <laughs> missed it. I'm going to run out so quick. Yeah, I get. But, I get. There's so many Simpsons references you make that I'm just like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. and somehow you're wrong. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. No, I don't mean that. <laughs> and I am. Era-wise, also, I'll preface this by saying I think I have a terrible memory um, to the extent that sometimes I'm like, um, well, growing up homeschool, maybe you experienced this. Uh, A lot of times I don't know how old I was when stuff happened. I think when I think about Adventures in Odyssey, I think about... The Imagination Station, but that was all throughout. Hell yeah. Um, ap- well, starting in, in, in album four. Uh, album three. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what is what, the what Imagination is it? What's Station? A, what's, what's Imagination Station? What's the Imagination Station? Okay, here's what I want to do. I know I, I should do. have figured this out in my research, it's but okay. I literally couldn't I, even figure I it out. I told Caroline, because Caroline's never listened to this before, so Caroline's going to be like an audience surrogate on the show, essentially, okay, for great. anyone who's ever... Great. No, but I think that's... Uh, no, that's yeah, no, great. I'm like, good, yeah, yeah. glad. I'll, I can pl- gladly be ignorant Yeah, and you. it's so lame to shame someone for... You didn't listen to 700, like, who cares? <laughs> uh, so I, I, we'll talk about these episodes that we're doing on the show in the micro, but we'll probably mostly talk about Adventures in Aussie in the macro. The micro episodes we did is Love is in the Air, parts one and two, Mm. which I believe aired in 1995 or 96. I'll look it up in a second. It's 95. I looked it up. It is 95? I got very... AIO Wiki? uh, Yes, I got very scared that you were going to like quiz me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you come on and quiz the guest and change them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I want to lay out for, for Caroline and for the listeners what Adventures in Aussie is. For me personally, uh, before we do all that, for me personally, it was the one thing where I was kind of like you, wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons or this kind of TV show or like even Rugrats was offline. So there was a diet that was pretty controlled of safe media and that made Christian media focus on the family stuff. And so Adventures in Aussie, all fair game. And I do, in retrospect, see the value of it because audio stuff and playing that for kids and doing theater of the mind stuff, I think is better for their brains. And I I believe that as an objective truth. Like listening to, even NPR is like even really good podcast for kids now where it's like what are we learning today? Like they do stuff like that. So I I recommend to anyone like what do I raise my kids on or how do I do screen time? If you can, if you can get them on adventures and not, or not adventure, but just like audio stuff. How I many, think how many kids have you raised? I've raised 14 kids that I know of. <laughs> they're all, don't. unfortunately, in the streets. <laughs> I think they're all dead. I'm uh, so you're actually, a bad father. Well, but you're the best person to take advice from. <laughs> yeah, you did it all wrong. <laughs> so I, uh, my Adventures and Odyssey experience was we had all the albums. Uh, while we were recording an episode that's coming out later this week, my mom texted me and said, do you want these Adventures in Odyssey albums? <laughs> and she sent me I mean, that's a God. picture of all of them. <laughs> that's the, a God moment. The, yeah. the, that is God of all the cassettes. They in these oh, like big VHS cases. That's, I remember that shape now. Right? Yeah. And the font. <laughs> they, it's all coming back. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> they juggle, uh, they jog the memory. So we were into it, obviously, in the mid-90s. And I think where I left off with it was like mid-second Mr. Whitaker, so like around 2003, okay. end of the Novacom saga. Yeah. This is yeah. all going to be nonsense. Okay, Maybe yeah. as an audience surrogate, I can tr- attempt to explain what Adventures in Odyssey is for yeah, people. You, yeah, you Okay, <laughs> because 
because uh, I was I was a little trepidatious of this too because it means so much it's to people. It's very precious. It's like that I, I really didn't realize at all until yeah. some of the response we get just from the teaser or whatever. But uh, there, it's an audio tape series that started in the very late '80s and is still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it centers around a town called Odyssey. Nailing it so Okay, far. and then a very central figure is Mr. Whitaker. John Avery Whitaker, named after the Avery labels. An ice cream shop. Called Wits End. I'm getting there. Oh. Called Wits End. <laughs> I'm just so excited. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he has several adults in his employ who work for him, and then also seven several children who come in and out of the ice cream shop. He also has a Christian radio station where he records <laughs> an entertainment for kids. How? Welcome Sometimes to the God Bible Ranch. stories or like sermons and those mix in. And then there's also just several like satellite characters and families in Odyssey that all interact with each other and come in and out of the town. Is that a pretty yeah. good description? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. So nothing you said is not and it's, true. Uh, it's not uh, so much a Veggie Tales where there's a particular, you know, like verse, question, lesson that they're trying to teach. It is more of a sitcom where there's just episodes yeah, it's, and a it's story. Very episodic. Yeah, yeah. And they do have maybe a little bit of a moral towards the end or a Bible verse or whatever. Well, Chris, you didn't Chris count will, on Chris. Yeah, Chris will let you know. Chris will let you know. Story. Yeah, Chris is, and Chris, <laughs> Chris is, got is you. one of the voice actors, but she's also just the person that introduces the episode every year. She's or a, every time. She was in some episodes. Okay. Uh, most famously, the gifts of Madge and Guy. Uh, but she mostly functions as the wraparound voice artist to this day. To this day. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. It, yeah, that's basically it. Okay, yeah, that's cool. great. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's... In the Imagination Station, I mean... Yeah, what would, is the magic? Because so I didn't Mr. Get, Whitaker get is a, a genius inventor. I think the beauty... Oh, that's right. He's an inventor. The Mr. Whitaker is one... <laughs> Everyone is like, I think everyone in Odyssey is like Mensa level. uh, (laughs) Like a genius. (laughs) Yeah, but they choose to live here. I think one of the things that's so smart about uh, Adventures in Odyssey is like, it's mostly like you put it like a family or workplace sitcom where we hang out. But Uh they also were very good at incorporating storylines or one-off episodes where they were like, we just have enough. This is far enough removed that we get to do a full like thriller run yeah. like this is so the imagination station he's a great inventor it's basically like uh you use your imagination you the characters in the show do what you are doing with your own imagination while you're listening to the episode so okay. that you like program where you're going to go and what you're going to experience and then it's basically it's kind of for them it's like a virtual reality experience okay. so that was a great way for them to be like we want to do an episode where someone goes to the past or the future brilliant or, device because oh, you could do bible stories you could okay. do history stories mm-hmm. you could do a three-part episode on the underground railroad or you could do you the can Apostle. and you do <laughs> <laughs> so i mean they, they really built it out did you listen to the very first episode Wits I- flop didn't okay so now um also i blame the adventures and odyssey website for that because i could not figure it out and it was a mess here's the tea you gotta go to albums and then search yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah i know guys so the way we grew up on it it was a radio show they put them out on cassettes eventually cds and now it's switched over to all just digital subscription they don't Mm put them out anymore so Mm. or i don't think that they primarily put them out streaming blah 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 so it's the odyssey adventure club you pay a monthly thing you get access to all of them and when i found this a couple years ago i was stoked (laughs) i was so stoked i was like i just listened to any of them uh uh uh, too long didn't read 
the app sucks. It's bad. It's poorly designed. It's not good. But all the stuff is still there. Right. And there's, so yeah, you basically got with the plot. And Adventures in Odyssey, they really built it to be a lot of different things. So it right. is just like, there's, uh, there's, so there's so just many enough to like make a lot 800 episodes because there's like dozens years of worth characters of, yeah. yes. there's all there's these different kids, spaces they can go families yeah. there's so much age diversity I wonder how much what do you think the racial makeup of Odyssey is? Well, well I looked at the character list and they have you know their freakish <laughs> uh, animations for each of them I, I, when I, when I went to the website I was like the number one thing I want to talk about uh, with Kevin and Caroline is how bad the art on this website is, but that's a terrible thing to talk about on a podcast. The art we is can so it. horrifying, but it's a weird brand of like... It didn't used to be. The, it, was it was a weird brand of illustration art. that was like around during the 90s that I think was like on Goosebumps and these like Wally McDougal books I used to read that were like Christian and it's like grotesque almost like too shiny and their yes. heads are weird and like it's just they, and they're ugly too. Yeah. they're not like cute <laughs> no, by any this is <laughs> 20, this is 2018 <laughs> adventures and honestly they did so many branding revamps and it used to be a much different animation style yeah. on the album covers right. which is just the cover by the way it, and it didn't become a show till later so it's not like there's cartoons these are just the faces they yeah. like here's connie and mr Winter. the cartoon the video series who cares? Yeah. That's not canon. That is, it is, it is inconsequential. That is Star Wars Christmas special Who ca- to Kevin. Yes! Exactly. <laughs> this thing is The Simpsons. In uh, th- There's so much, because it is episodic and it is, you can do this where you just follow the Barkley family. You can do this where you talk about Tom Riley and Mr. Whitaker's past or yeah. a flashback episode with Jack Allen or this mystery episode or every, a Bible story and episode. every family is its own sitcom. There yeah. could be a whole show about the Rathbones before we even... Rathbones! Like, the side characters have real lived experiences as well. Yeah, the characters are pretty rich, which I was surprised to, yeah. like, figure out as I was listening. Like, it, it sunk in pretty quickly. Like, oh, they have all this history with each other and they mm-hmm. refer to things that happened years in the past and all this stuff and this is the first uh, property or storytelling that ever introduced me to the idea of world building because there is such rich world building happening Mm -hmm. on this show for example the character mr whitaker when you meet him at the beginning he owns an ice cream shop he's an inventor and he makes stuff and he teaches the kids little lessons by the end of the story he is a secret agent he is a computer programmer he is a superhero what? he is he, there's and there's so much darkness in his past and there's really emotional stuff with his wife wow. and yeah. with Tom Riley's wife and his and Jack Allen's relationship what a dead wife so many like so many dead wives for a kids show. Oh yeah, it's like a Christopher <laughs> Nolan movie up in here. Isn't that just like a kids show trope though? Like there's yeah. always dead some wives. parent that dies. No, like a dead yeah. parent. Yeah, you know, right. yeah, that really forces a lot of story for people. And I guess for the biggest covering our basis, this is a focus on the family production. Yeah, focus yeah. on the family is a. Here, I'll, I'll sum it up by this. I'm going to play a clip of a celebrity fan of Adventures in Odyssey. You know, during my years in Congress, when our three children were young, and now they're all in their 20s, one's married, one's headed to law school next year, and one's working in the film industry, but when they were real little, every time we took that 603-mile drive from Washington, D.C. back to Indiana, I can tell you, we spent an awful lot of time with Connie, Eugene, and Whit at Whit's end. You were there in your bow tie. No, it was and so year. was I. <laughs> <laughs> 
the Adventures in Odyssey. Wow, that's crazy. Were our adventures. That is Vice wow. President Mike Pence. Focus on the Family is an incredibly conservative organization. They the see most. the most. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like, I guess it's a media company at this point in some ways, but also a think tank, like a conservative think tank, a political force. Like, it's a lot. Yeah. And James Dobson, along with oh. Jerry Falwell and a lot of other figures in the 80s, were a big part of the rise of the religious right in this mm-hmm. country and they saw politics as a realm to do god's will to get the supreme court justices you want to suppress the certain people groups that you need to to define family the way you want to etc etc yeah and right. the, i think uh, fair to say the source of like just the whole concept of the culture wars like stepping outside of the political yeah. realm the whole reason that we grew up unable to concern consume certain types of media mm-hmm. was because they ghettoized Christianity. They partitioned it off. Uh, Into uh, its own world of, yeah, yeah, world of media and entertainment and Which, movies and schools and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff they made, even there's, uh, we didn't watch it, but there's a McGee and me about, like, he goes to a bad movie and it messes them up. Yeah. And there's so many adventures and Odyssey stories of, like, you shouldn't have seen that movie or, like, right. when Regis Blackard comes to town and he opens up an arcade <laughs> and they play video games all day. So, all this being said, the big the kind music of... music man. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. And so, there's, like, this big cloud hanging over the Adventures in Odyssey sure. franchise of, like, this is the work of very and I was looking up guys I was looking up stats and trying to like you on the wiki trying to figure out what was even the makeup of the people making the show mm-hmm. I mean spoiler it's almost exclusively white men mm-hmm. there's one female writer that has writing credits on more than two episodes uh, and that didn't happen Whoa. until like five or six years ago uh, a woman named Kathy yeah. something. But, and uh, Focus on the Family get is it, like, Kathy. has promoted a lot of like really homophobic ideas I know we like sort of mentioned that, but but that specifically is like really. Oh yeah, their their yeah. their book. I'm specifically, and I, I hope they hear this as much as I was. We're sending it to when Phil I was Waller. a kid. I wanted nothing more than to go to Colorado Springs and slide down the giant slide. A hundred percent. But now I'm very mad specifically at the book bringing up boys. I think it's like a very destructive book, or at least it was like very destructive. Is that in James my household? Book? Yeah, it mm. is, and it's exactly that. It's like I was not a. Oh my gosh, I'm so mad. It's like a. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a pinprick thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, my best friend growing up was this girl named Christy. And I, and then one day I wasn't allowed to play with Christy anymore because in this book, they say that you can't be friends with girls or you'll turn out gay. So kind of like just toxic masculinity in the a book most, form, so, basically. So toxic. Yeah. I don't know. It's I, I got real worked up about it. Uh, recently because I was uh, I mentioned Kent Dobson and I was like are they related oh I know that's the first thing I thought of (laughs) Dobson Dobson carries a lot of um, baggage like that name does for a lot of people and understandably so yeah a lot of um, like uh, spanking and abuse that turned into abuse Mm -hmm. and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so yeah so I want to have keep your eye on him yeah and I want to have reverence for that and not like ignore kind of the the kind of the darkness that this stuff comes out of because you will as kids we weren't attuned to it i don't think kale i don't know if you did i certainly didn't notice like wow this seems pretty conservative overtly i think you noticed it most prominently with like the the history episodes and the way they would revise like and then the white people came and the indians loved it you know stuff like that if you did you notice it growing up i did not yeah it's only upon revisiting and even in this episode love is in the airports one and two which 
it has nothing political. There's yeah. weird sex uh, or ge- I should it's say in there. Things. It's like not. Yeah, I was it. gonna no. say like I was I was gonna say like well it came out of focus on the family, but you know for the most part it's it's mostly a sitcom. It, there isn't a lot of like you know hard worldview. But as I was listening, I was like oh there is a lot of like kind of gendered stuff here and like the Winnemar gossip or, and the whole thing with Connie. We can talk about that, but sure. the way that she is punished for like having a crush and for being like uh, jealous or something, and this other woman coming along, and and they they make her say like you were being prideful and you were trying to draw attention to yourself and all this stuff is like so in a way sick that they don't sad. make like they don't they, they don't never do that make with Eugene. Eugene apologize. No, no. Yeah. and and even the men like uh, how. Yeah, and how the men get so pissed off that these women dare to have another life or, like, independence. Oh, Tasha oh, yeah. going back to the agency. Yeah, and you're supposed to know that, like, Eugene and Jason are being wrong for thinking that way, but you're not... It's not drawing your attention, like, how, yeah, fragile they are but and yeah, how, and, like... And you're not supposed to think... You're supposed to think Jason is wrong for the way in which he handles that conversation with Tasha. You are not supposed to think he is wrong for his expectation to be that she will quit eventually her quit her job and then like settle. And marry him. Yeah. yeah. Right away. And yeah. 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 It's just like, well, you should have been a little bit more gentle with her, you know, when you told yeah. her. So I'm sure upon yeah. re-listen, if, if we were to re-listen more and in preparation for this, because I wasn't sure exactly which episode we were going to ultimately do. I listened to probably... 15 or 16 Mm -hmm. episodes of this show just to like get back in the groove one thing i will say because i did try to re-listen or listen to for the first time the new episodes because this series has continued it started in 1987 as a show called family portraits that turned into odyssey usa which turned into adventures in aussie and has continued and is still going in 2018 Mr. Whitaker, they are on their third Mr. Whitaker. Oh, okay. Wow. Hal Smith died in 94. He was replaced by Paul Herlinger in 98, who died in 2009, who was replaced by Andre Stoica, Stoica, and, and who's still doing it. He's 72 years old, by the way. Wow. But all your faves that you remember from when you were a kid are dead. Tom Riley, Walker Edmonston, is dead. Bernard Walton, Dave Madden, is dead. Jack Allen, Alan Young, is dead. And they the have- character's dead? They killed off Tom Riley on the show. Good. Jack Allen went and traveled to see the world antiquing with Joan, his wife. And Bernard, I'm not sure if they killed off. Connie Kendall, played by Katie Lee, the actress is turning 60 years old is this year. Still voicing Still Connie. playing Connie Kendall. Wow. Will Ryan, who plays Eugene Meltzner, is 74 years old. Wow. Eugene is 74. Still Can on the show. you hear it in the, in the voice a little bit? A little bit, but they are talented here's the thing they're not casting freaking whoever will say yes at my Pure uncle's Flix. cousin yeah no. <laughs> this is this is what separates this production mm-hmm. from other christian media productions they cast voice actors how smith was owl on winnie the pooh yeah the voice acting is so good on this show it wasn't like irritating or grating in the way a lot of like kids shows can be yeah. like it just sounded like normal people and talking i think i think that's true in general across the board because the, the paul mccusker who wrote this episode this is where the research comes oh yeah nice play, job. won a peabody he's won a peabody award for oh, wow. his like uh, a, another radio series that he wrote he's like doing he's doing real stuff too yeah, yeah. this is these are real people for alan young who plays jack allen who we hear in this episode is scrooge mcduck 
you guys. Wow. He was Scrooge McDuck. Know that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the guys, <laughs> Dave Madden was on the Partridge family. Wow. Uh, and did Katrina Shanks sound, oh no, of course it didn't sound familiar to you guys, but Katrina Shanks is, Simpson is played by a woman named Pamela Hayden, who also plays. My feet are soaked, but my cups are bone dry. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Is that Bart? Katrina Shanks' Millhouse from The Simpsons. Is, <laughs> is that, that the Bart? mom? I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but that blew my mind. Is that one of the Samsons characters? <laughs> the Samsons. So they hired real voice actors to do this. And I will say, from everything I remember, and even the episodes I re-listened to, the sound design and the yeah. score is good. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good and immersive. Mm-hmm. And the content... Varying degrees of entertaining, and there are some stinkers that are stinkers, not because they're like politically messed up or anything like that, but are just bad. They often do slice of life episodes where none of the adult characters are in it, where it's just like you follow one of the kids and they like break their arm or whatever, and you don't you yeah. don't check in with Wit or Connie or Bernard or any of your faves. So there's like this whole spectrum of quality. There's this era. There's the Doctor Blackard era. There's the Novacom era. There's so it is such a rich text Kevin, to get you're into. Screaming. I know, I know. But here's here's one thing that did kind of ruin my childhood a little bit to hear because when I was re-listening, I saw The Ties That Bind, parts one of 14, and they did do a 14-part series on Adventures in Odyssey in the year 2014 about God's design for family. And uh, this scene happens. Most of the other business owners were in th- This is... Uh, oh, no, I can already tell. <laughs> <laughs> So, so uh, <laughs> to set it up, to set it up a little bit, uh, a businesswoman comes into which shop wants to put up a poster for a togetherness festival, and this is what Mister Whitaker says. And this is third Mister Whitaker. This is the replacement of the replacement. Again, don't care. And my least favorite Mister Whitaker. Okay. I care. Most of the other business owners were enthusiastic about it. Ah, what is it? It's a festival celebrating family and inclusivity and tolerance. I assume you believe in those things. Oh, sure. Uh, Depending on what you mean. I I didn't realize I'd have to spell out the obvious. Well, these days there are a lot of different ideas about family and inclusivity and tolerance. Surely you know what a family is. Oh, yeah, I do. But I'd love to know what the festival organizers think of family is. Oh, boy. It's a group of people in a loving and nurturing relationship. Huh. Any group of people? Of course. We don't discriminate. Hmm, I see. And inclusivity and tolerance mean we're including and tolerating everyone, even people with whom we may not always agree. I assume you think it's important for people to try to get along. Oh, of course. I believe we should be courteous and respectful to one another. Perfect. So, where should I hang the poster? Yeah, but I'm wondering, though. Oh? Do the organizers think all behavior is acceptable or appropriate? No they won't what? say it. They won't say it. No, they're well, so no. scared to. Of course not. Because it's still for so kids. So there are some things that they wouldn't tolerate or include. Some things, no. Well, based on what? How do they decide what they'll include and tolerate and oh what God. they want? Oh, my God. I didn't come here to quibble, Mr. Whitaker. Well, well I'm, I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm quibbling, but... It does. Mm, I'm just being a good white man. Why are you getting so upset, lady? Why are you I'm mad? Whoa, are you on your period? As a teacher, I'm sure you'd understand that. Oh, she's a teacher. Mr. Whitaker, shall we stop being evasive and simply say what we mean? Yes. Well, isn't that what we've been doing? 
How do you define family and inclusivity and tolerance? Well, I base my definitions on the Bible. And the organizers don't. Nor do I. So, you're not going to allow me to put up that poster, are you? It's such a... Well, uh, I can't promote This is one of those, like... <laughs> like a Republican self-own where they're trying to point out like the logical infallibility of this lady and she's like I just believe in tolerance and inclusivity and like just the good like self-explained you know whatever oh, and then the clip goes on and she's like well I guess we have nothing to talk about he's like oh I just want to have a conversation yeah like I was being gentle yeah. and so, you're being combative well and that was a rare and that was a real Santa Claus isn't real moment of checking in with the show in 2014 after gay marriage is legal in every state in the country like what are you doing like it's done what do you think is gonna well, happen but that's yeah. still it's very fascinating to see so this is actually this issue specifically is something that I have been debating with close family recently, and it's interesting to see. I don't, this feels like mean to say, but it feels like the the death uh, like gasps of uh-huh. of like a, a, a cultural moment. Because one thing that I find infuriating is in these conversations the way that they and what Mr. Whitaker was doing there is like very smart is like controlling hashtag not my Mr. (laughs) controlling the narrative by dictating like what language you're allowed to use in these conversations that I have uh, my Christian family will not say the word gay they will not say gay they will say same sex attracted which allows them to control the to press definition. it, that it's choice, and that it's yeah, and that it's mm-hmm. a, it, exactly in like behavior. You're just and all attracted. The things. I'm attracted to everybody. Exactly. Right, yeah. Everybody. Right. Everybody wants to sin. Um, but I that I find that like uh, that that like I think that's bad rhetoric. I think that's dishonest argumentation. And I have mm-hmm. to say, the thing that I find most frankly disgusting about that clip is that they cast that new Mr. Whitaker dude, he is so subpar dude. to the two previous Mr. Oh Whitakers. Oh my gosh. He's terrible. Because the replacement felt like a miracle. Paul Herlinger stepping in after Hal Smith passed away and they, I thought, handled that story very beautifully yeah. when he died and they made it a metaphor for death. Paul Herlinger was a miracle. Paul Herlinger dies. They got the guy that replaced Hal Smith as Al on Winnie the Pooh and he sounds like a doddering, out-of-touch old man. Whereas old Mr. Whitaker had gravitas and a past and wisdom. And the way Phil Lawler describes it, who I, would, I had so much fun researching. Like Phil Lawler is like the angry old prophet of the Adventures in Odyssey writers. Oh, Because really? he left and went to do other things, and he came back. He's like, they've ruined Mr. Whitaker. I'm here to make him right again. They don't understand the character of Mr. Whitaker. And to a degree, I'm like, he's right. Because here, it's like, he's just like a silly old man who serves ice cream. He's not like a badass secret agent and an Indiana Jones in the search for wit. But even like, compare that to this voice, the original Hal Smith. Uh, Thank you, Councilman Riley, but many of these were my wife's last wishes. So classic. Which end is designed to be a place of discovery and adventure, filled with books and activities, arts and crafts, and uplifting conversation. So much better. He's a great voice. It is a place where kids of all ages can just be Listen kids. Listen to that creaking of the floorboard. All right. You can tell he's all ra- right. No, I was sincere. Like, you can tell he's, like, rocking back and forth and people are moving oh, the around. Sound like, it's, design. it's just yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. But then Paul Hurlinger sounds good, too. I love he's getting really lost you? in uh, this. Underneath this disguise it is. <laughs> but, but, but. Uh, you're sputtering, Eugene. Uh, oh, sorry. It's. Oh. 
It's so good to see you again. Oh, it's good to see you too. I've heard a lot about you through so Jason smooth. and Jack. I can't tell you how happy I am about your decision to follow Christ. I've been wanting to talk to you about it. Oh, this reminds me. I tried me. to call, but... Yeah. Yeah, about uh, this storyline with Eugene and... Um, Katrina. And Eugene and Katrina. Yeah, let's get into the episode. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. uh, Love is in the Air Parts 1 too, because I could literally just talk about the macro stuff for five hours. Voice work. <laughs> um, it's important. Yeah, it is important. Kind of. Um, Shut up. But uh, <laughs> I was... Uh, I was well, one, I was surprised at how adult the storylines were because yes. I was still under the impression this was like from the perspective of children for the most part. And a lot of it is. So this is one of my favorite episodes of one of my favorite eras because they were primarily adult figures. So for like a little bit of context, when Mr. Whitaker, when Hal Smith dies and Mr. Whitaker goes off to do missions work, they replace him with Jason Whitaker, his son, and Jack Allen, Scrooge McDuck. So they split his personality into two different figures. So Jason is supposed to represent like the young, exciting, kind of rambunctious part of his personality. And Jack Allen's supposed to represent like the old, like wise kind of Aslan of, Advent, of oh. Odyssey. Wait, Jack Allen was in this episode? Mm-hmm. What was he? He's the one that's like, well, I'm so confused. And explains to Connie why she just oh, wants drama Oh, I just assumed that was Mr. Whitaker. Okay. Wow, you big thought, mistake. You, <laughs> you guys, Jack you're Allen fake. You look hey, like, was Mr. Pretty different. You um, look to be like a mom who just called it like uh, Trek Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Mr. Whitaker. Oh my god. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so anyway, uh so I loved I loved how like um yeah, adult the storyline was, and I feel like as a kid this would be like catnip for me of just like, ooh, love stories between real adults. It's yeah. not explaining it to me as a kid. You know, this is like yeah. real drama going on in here. And it's very soap opera y. Like the yeah. betrayals and the like deceptions and the mistakes and cut hugging Connie on accident. <laughs> Who would dare to hug oh, Connie, yeah, and, that and old such like bag. TGIF. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like a farce. It's so well it is funny. Yeah, I forgot far- how funny it uh-huh, is. There's like funny. good there's some good joke writing. Yeah. I think Katie Lee is such a good voice actress. For Connie. I think yeah. I, I think love she's Connie. So I am Connie. Do I sound like Connie? Does this sound like you? I don't like her. <laughs> but you just met her. I told How can you, you to know back. so soon whether you like her or not? Call it women's intuition. Oh, of course. That catch-all expression women use to keep from having to explain themselves. Ooh, a lot of casual sexism. Thank you. Cool, 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 cool. So a little, a little backstory to set it up, because there's a lot of rich backstory. So Connie moves to town. Uh, when she's from sing- California, from how, California, how old are Connie and Eugene supposed to be? They by the way? messed it up so much. Connie was 16 years old for about 10 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, she didn't graduate until like 10 years into the show or something oh, like that. Oh, okay, okay. But now they're basically like college age. Okay, I was so confused. Yeah, how old it is. It's confusing. Yeah. So, uh, and then Jason and Tosh would be like 30s, and Jack Allen's like 50s, 60s. Okay. Um, so Connie moves to town, becomes a Christian almost immediately after like 10 episodes. Eugene, they slow roll that thing. Eugene comes to town in the episode in which Connie gets saved. He comes to town. He doesn't get saved until like five years later on the show. Because he's an intellectual. Because he's like mm. about science and learning and education, Proof. all this stuff. But while he's not a Christian. You show he, him Kirk Cameron's banana video. He's like, I'm saved. my mind. <laughs> Low key, the episode where he gets saved is all time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Low-key, high-key. You yeah. know? I think yeah, high-key. Key. <laughs> the time has come. Climax of darkness before dawn, in my opinion. Oh. Gosh. I'm sorry, guys. No, please. Have fun. But 
So while he's not saved, quote unquote, he falls in love with Katrina Shanks, who's a match for him. Who's also a genius. Who's also a... Guys, it's two nerds. Two nerds found love. What else are they going to do? Love one, 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 who, who are they going to love? A, a non-nerd? <laughs> <laughs> a normal? But she won't uh, date him because he's not a Christian. And now, it's the first time she's back in town when he's a Christian. So now it's like, ooh, maybe it's go time. One of my favorite, uh, like, uh, the seam is showing moments in this episode was when, because I, I agree, one of my favorite things about Odyssey as a kid and about this episode in particular was like, well, these are like, I felt so adult listening to it. Yeah. But then listening back, I was like, uh, like, oh, they just go to the, like, they just go to the zoo yeah. on their date. <laughs> That's what they do. Yeah. And they decide to get, and Jack or whatever gets, to, just say Jason decides to get married after like one yeah. date with that girl. Yeah. Like, let's get married. Oh, yeah. no. Him and Tasha have been. I guess they've been friends. It's been brewing for years. But the the alarm bells really went off for me when Katrina was explaining her relationship with Brandon, and she was like, "I said I'm dating him, but in many ways, it's as if he's more of a counselor than a date, if you know what I mean. I respect him a lot, and he's helping me to grow spiritually, which only compounds my confusion because now I'm not certain of. of, uh, Oh, I don't know. I I don't know anything anymore. I was like, get out of there, girl. Yeah, You're being groomed. Gross. Yeah, yeah. If it, he leads me spiritually, he yeah, can. yeah, that was yeah. bad. So there's a lot of that oh, stuff. well, oh, this is what I was getting to. Also, was I was um, I was just reminded of like the conservative bent to this show too when they were like. Well, now that you're a Christian, Eugene, you're a viable man Can't in our world. Can't be unequally yoked. Basically, oh, yeah. yeah. Wow, this will be the first time you two have seen each other since you became a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you've been sneaking off to see her, too. No, just letter writing. You must be really excited. Well, I confess to a certain feeling of exhilaration, yes. That bums me out. I don't know. I, I like. Mm-hmm. I remember feeling that way about people. Like, oh, they're not a romantic option until they're Christian. They're or, not a real or, person. Or until like, maybe Christian. they go to church. So I'm like, they're kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so sad. Like, <laughs> how many people affirm this for Eugene over and over? Of like, yeah, well, now she's fair game because you're a Christian. You're a Christian man. You're a Christian now. Like, he's the same person. He has a maybe a faith perspective now, and that just makes me bums yeah. me out. Yeah. Oh, and I think the ideas I hold to so much of what I hold to to this day obviously comes from this hardcore from the Bible mm-hmm. <laughs> hardcore from the Bible there's a, it's just like a lot of hijinks of Katrina walks in on Connie and Eugene hugging thinks they're together and then Eugene says that Connie has a crush on Jason and she says she doesn't and then Jack Allen scolds Connie for making drama because she's being an emotional woman um, so a lot That's of that so Jason proposes to Tasha by the way, guys, Tasha's got a pretty sexy voice, right? Tasha yes. has like an older woman hot vibe. Well, to her. look at you. Overalls and a ratchet set. <laughs> a small town jack of all trades. And master of none. Oh, it's really good to see you. Oh, come on. You know how I would describe that voice? Dripping. Yes! <laughs> Christine Nemitz and then Townsend Coleman as Jason Whitaker. Man, see, I, and when they actors. did that, I thought they were portraying her as like the seductress coming to like take well, Jason from his small town roots. There's so much Do you backstory. Know how their story? Well, and she's like the city. She's the city woman, and she has a job. Is she bad? Do you think they get married eventually? No. Yeah, because she's not a Christian. Ah, 
So there's an episode and called... And that's why she gets a sexy voice. The question yeah. about Tasha, because they worked in the agency together. There's also oh, just... And by the way, the agency is the NSA. Yeah, yeah. the NSA. That, yeah. I was looking that up. I was like, what the And hell? there's just like spy stories on this show yeah, too, yeah. where it's like the little left behind dad fan fiction, like a name, not a number. <laughs> yeah. You find out about the Ruku virus. So funny. Uh, like so much of that ties in. But yeah, they slow play a lot of these stories. So yeah, so Connie or Tasha isn't a Christian. She's not a Christian. But does he know that? Or he, he does. Know and that? then, uh, like five or six episodes after this, Jack Allen tells Jason oh, about his wife, who was guys, his wife, who he says she wasn't a Christian either. And then she was on her deathbed, and before she could accept Christ, she had a stroke and died. So I don't know if I'll see her in heaven or not. Oh. Missed it. She missed her chance. Yeah. Oh, and he's like, geez. I don't want you to go through that. And so then he breaks up with Tasha. They do Damn. some real, what like... A horrible cautionary tale to tell kids. <sighs> yeah. Uh, that's awful. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, I want to play the clip where they walk in. Okay. I'll be you. You be Katrina. This is the it's good to see you kind of hug. Mm-hmm. Come here. Okay. Grabs his butt. Oh, bro, I'm right? terribly sorry. Katrina! Oh, uh, hi. Obviously, I've come at a bad time. Excuse me. Uh, no, wait! Katrina! Katrina, come back! Oh, boy. I remember this episode so well. You know Cook. what? Uh, Adventures in Odyssey is my Star Wars, but I'm realizing it's also my friends. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't watch Friends either, and that's like that's this a top ten sitcom moment of all time. Katrina yeah. walking into the children's radio station, <laughs> or the second time, and then they <laughs> record it. Yeah, and Jack Allen's kind of on the outside, just watching this all play out. Oh, I'm so confused. <laughs> oh, I'm so confused. I was interested too when Tasha's at the airport scene. You know, when they're running to find their girl and like claim her back, but they switch. I think that was kind of cute. Scene rocks. That was pretty cute. Absolutely. I think it's a great. I'm like, Absolutely. why haven't I seen this before in a movie or TV show? So they're going after Jason's going after Tasha. Eugene's going after Katrina. They go to the wrong gates and they talk to the other girl on behalf and try of to the explain like this is what he would say to yeah. you if he was here. What's wrong, Jason? What's going on? Look, Eugene is here looking for you. He is. Oh boy, he's never gonna make it in no. time. Oh, uh, okay. Look, I'll just try to say what I think he would say if he were here. Jason. I don't know what's going. On. I mean, I know he's confused, but I also know good. that he wants the, music the best is good. for both of you. And yeah, since he became a Christian, well, I- I'm sure he wants more than anything for God's will to be done. Good. But good. you can't just toss God's will around like a football any more than you can toss your hearts around. What? Look, this isn't the end of the page or the chapter or the book. Jason! Uh, forget it. Uh, never mind. Just, j- just answer me one question, okay? What? I know you want to be sensible and reasonable, right? But apart from that, do you love Eugene? I mean, not as a Christian brother or a friend, but I mean, do you love him? Do I love him? I asked you first. Well, yeah, I do. Okay, well, see, that's a great start. And you know what? Eugene loves you, too. So why do you want to throw that away? Isn't that worth pursuing? I mean, why do you guys keep torturing each other with these emotional gymnastics? If you love each other, then you should be together, right? Well, when you put it that way... Ma'am, we're going to close the door on the plane. Okay, I'm coming. I love coming. it. I love it. All right, I'm thinking. Um, Jason, uh-huh. tell Eugene... That I love him. Okay. I do love him. And I'll call him. And, and I'll come back to him as soon as I finish my term at the university. Tell him, Jason! I, sure I can't will. call him. <laughs> you know, yeah, like he couldn't call me either. <laughs> Tasha! 
Tasha, wait. And then she, he does the same with Tasha. It's, everything um, works. Tasha everything says works. Uh, at the end of his, Eugene's speech, though. Oh, he's such a little boy sometimes. Because he's worried now that she's leaving, that he like left it unsure, and that she's now just going to like skip town and mm-hmm. not want to marry him anymore, even though <laughs> she agreed. And when she said he's such a little boy, I was like, yeah, both these guys are little boys. Like, they don't respect their girl's yeah. opinion. They don't respect her no. They don't respect her life or anything. They feel, like, threatened and scared when they, like... Well, that's just men, you dare know. Dare to be... <laughs> that's just men. Be men. If you want the dick, you gotta take us <laughs> with it. <laughs> you gotta take the boy. <laughs> and Mr. Whitaker said that all the time. <laughs> Connie, if you, if want, you want the, the dick... dick. You have to take everything else. Well, with it. I guess so. Uh, yeah, but that that cracked me up. Yeah, I mean the gender politics. I'm sure if we went through damn all the, mess, there is a there is um uh there is a whole episode about modesty where Donna Barkley is dressed immodestly, and George oh, Barkley yeah. steps in and says, "Donna, why are you dressed?" And it's about how she shouldn't have done that, oh and gosh. how George Barkley is right. And they're husband and wife, right? No, uh, it's a uh, father daughter. Oh, oh, okay. So same, <laughs> same, know, same yeah. difference. Sometimes in in this world. Hey, for Christian dads, one and the same apparently. <laughs> yeah. Be my boyfriend. Uh, I want to talk about Jack Allen's speech to Connie, uh, in which he kind of informs her why she's been a bad person. I will say about that speech, it it lands in a place where I'm like, oh no, I don't think so. But it starts in a place. It starts in a place where I was like, did I need to hear this today? <laughs> There's so much, and that's what's so funny about a show that has gone on for 800 plus episodes. And I think in this era, they were more um, engaged in catering to a slightly older listenership than they do now. Now it's like, it feels like just straight across the plate kid stuff. Yeah, and I might be wrong about that, but then I check in on like the big arcs and it's anti-gay marriage. I'm like, well, this is all unpalatable. But you get nuanced ideas of like, how do you use your boredom? You know, like, yeah, was that the part that you were thinking about? Of uh like, did you just generate some drama in your life because maybe you're a little bored here and there wasn't much going on? Yeah, and talking about that idea of being okay with like, yeah, seasons of time and like, even when you feel like things aren't happening, that's fine. Yeah. 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 Connie, I've been thinking about you a lot today. You have? Mm hmm. Uh, How can I say this? I've noticed that you seem to be bouncing all over the place emotionally. I know that happens, but lately it's like you've been in the middle of a bizarre little soap opera here and enjoying it. Enjoying it? Wait a minute, now, Jack. Hold on. I love Jack I don't Allen. think you're doing any of this I intentionally. May I offer a theory? Okay. Mm-hmm. I find that when people start creating little emotional soap operas for themselves, it's because they're missing something in their lives. Little really? emotional soap well, opera. I get what he's saying, though. I'm I just wish he was saying it to a well, guy. It seems like a lot's been happening to everyone around here lately, except you. You've been left out. So what can you do about it? Manufacture some excitement of your own by having a crush or feeling jealous or angry or, or feeling anything other than boredom. Am I right? Mm, haven't thought about it that way, but... Yeah. I guess I'm a maybe. dumb bitch. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, you have to admit, nothing ever really happens to me. I, all I do is come in and watch everyone else do things and... Oh, boy. It is sad. I guess I'm pretty dumb, huh? Very oh, cruel to Connie and her story. I understand how you feel, but that's why I wanted to talk to you. I just wanted to tell you that... 
Life moves in rhythms and cycles, and we all go through periods when it seems like nothing is happening. But things are happening, Connie, all the time. We just have to stay in tune enough to see what they are, how they fit together, so that even in times of quiet and boredom, God's handiwork is shown to us. That's the real adventure, Connie, learning to look and listen to our lives so we'll understand what God is doing. Hmm. Guess I'll have something to think about, huh? Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jack. Ah, oh, your journey of faith could take you anywhere, Connie. As long as Christ remains at the center of who you are, then all the rest will fall into place. Of course, Jesus said it better, naturally. He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all will be added unto you. <laughs> Caroline's face. Okay, let's recap Connie's crimes, okay? Connie wanted to help Eugene woo a lady, right? Mm-hmm. So she helped him learn hugging tricks, how to talk like a person. Okay? Mm-hmm. So she got involved there, but as a friend, she was helping him out. Mm-hmm. Connie's other crime, she had a crush <laughs> on a man that she likes. Yeah. So her crime was she dropped the pots and pans and then congratulated Jason on his engagement. She handled it, like, very well. She was very mature and, like, measured, and you can tell she wasn't, like, overjoyed or whatever, but she's allowed. You know, she liked him. Yeah. And so this speech to me was so unwarranted and and the, I think the fact that like yes uh, maybe sometimes we create drama for ourselves or that kind of thing is something to keep in mind but for Connie in her story you're allowed to have a crush and to be upset and to like feel you know dejected and rejected and like everyone else has something going on in life and for me, that she, that she got punished because of that, I felt like it was unfair. I understand that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. When when Eugene and Jason are being j- just as emotional and like out of, actually more so than Connie. Oh, when Eugene screams at Katrina in a restaurant, yeah. how could you do this to How me? could you do this to me? Yeah. For having a, a job and dating someone else. Eugene's low-key a men's rights activist. Yes. Y'all. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. like, it's her fault that, I see him that on this is going R wrong. slash red pill a lot. Yeah. And now. so, and those guys don't get this speech, you know, they don't, no. they're not taught about like, hey, you need to respect, you know, whatever. And so this felt upsetting to me and maybe I'm reading hard into it or whatever, but. It is unfortunate, I think, because while that clip was playing, and this, I can't, I, I now I don't know if this is my memory or also probably not. I was like, okay, cool. So Connie like gets kind of cut out of this episode, like bummer for her, but there's thousands of episodes. And I was like, what are my favorite arcs and like storylines? And I was like, oh, well, that one's like, that one's about Eugene. Uh, that one's about Mr. Whitaker. That one's about Jason and his work with the NSA. <laughs> what's, what, what's Connie's like cool storyline? What's her like What's the best Connie episode? She had a complicated romance with Mitch in the latter period, like early 2000s. But that didn't work out. Uh, they killed off her mom. That was an interesting episode. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So I guess June. this message is like, you should have just accepted working in the ice cream shop and not having anything going on or feeling anything. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'd be curious as to like what the breakdown is uh, gender-wise to people's nostalgic attachments to Adventures in Aussie. I think there's so many more. I think I, you're underestimating women. Oh no, I'm not. I don't know. I was just like, <laughs> I was start a fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I love women. That's interesting. Oh, I love you because I like little boys. Because this, it, it, from in my experience, in my perspective, and I would love to be wrong about this. The fact that I would like listen to like this story. This is like such a feminine 
a story about relationships and like that's what girls like you know traditionally traditionally mm-hmm. i feel like radio drama huh I guess I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised. Saying, I'm surprised to hear you say that. Well, I'm saying I think there's significantly less identification characters for women on this show than there are for men. For sure, you can pretend you're Lawrence Hodges or Jimmy Barkley or Mr. Whitaker or Eugene or Tom Riley or Jack Allen or Bernard. Whereas for women, it's like you can be Connie. But isn't you that, can be Margaret Fay? Isn't that arguably be, all media for women? And like women have had to learn how to identify with other. Yeah, yeah, and I'm saying, but I'm saying, if you got 800 episodes, mix it up. Oh, for sure, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think, okay, yeah. Like, make one of Wit Squad a lady, rather than just, like, yeah, the liberal townswoman that in comes the in. the platonic mm-hmm. ideal of Odyssey, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, all the women are, like, Tom Riley's wife in the, in the old folks' home who has Alzheimer's, or... Aww. Wit's dead wife who left him Wit's End. Yeah. The, the backstory behind Wit's End is so rich. Yeah, there's yeah. so much to it. But yeah, there's less. I guess you got Lucy Cunningham Schultz. And, uh, yeah. You remember her? Yeah. By the way, the, the guy who played Jack Davis on the show, who was Lucy's boyfriend on the show, y'all, they got married in real life. Because I'm on this show. Oh, out of town. It's very cute. sweet. They live, in, uh, they live in my hometown now. Oh, great. In Texas. Um, so, okay. yeah, I, I think, I, and I think this happens, too, when the staff is just, it's just Sure, dads. yeah. It's just dads making this stuff. Right. Focus on the family as a dad factory. Yeah. I guess it's cool that Connie does kind of remain single for a while, too, and just said, like, she doesn't have to be a character only to be a girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that's some true. autonomy. Something. Yeah. I, I, I kind of identified with Connie. I just liked her attitude with stuff, and I felt like yeah. I could tell, like, she seemed real to me. Connie anyway. rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And guys, she sounds like a babe. She does sound like a babe. She sounds young. <laughs> that's the thing that was so confusing. I was like, is she 13 or 25? <laughs> I can't tell. It's such good voice acting. Yeah, um, I love it. But I okay. So those like you know somewhat problematic things aside, this is so entertaining and so fascinating. And even the other set of episodes that we listened to for our second service, I like, really enjoyed it and was kind of hooked. And especially this one, like the whole drama, I was like, what's gonna happen? Like with these yeah. two, like I really want them to get together. But like, what's the? There was so much good conflict and like kind of realistic conflict that I was like, woo, this is good. I know. Well, yeah. do, should we get into our final? Yeah, I guess I'm already saying it. Yeah, Yeah. okay, so the way this works, Kale, is that we'll give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down in the form of a holy toast or holy roast. Toast, we're sending Eugene, Connie, Katrina, Jack Allen, Jason, and Tasha all the way to heaven. I guess except for Tasha. (laughs) Or we send Tasha to hell. (laughs) Poor Tasha. Uh, But regardless, I think it should be said blanket statement before we do anything. Focus on the family. You get a holy roast from the Good Christian Fun yeah. Podcast. Bye-bye. Caroline, we'll start with you. Um, I love this show. I thought it was so good. Ah! Yeah, I thought it was amazing. And I, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, like we've talked about so many times, like it's so rich and it's so well done and entertaining. And like, I can just tell there's so much to this story. And I felt, I felt like I missed out in that I didn't have this in my childhood and like have all this this knowledge and these stories and these people in my head that you guys do because listening, I could tell it was like really hard for me to piece together what, what everyone's relationship was. And so, well, and yeah, cause it's so contingent on like backstories. Yeah. And, and it like and didn't start over every episode. I yeah, could tell there yeah, was just like yeah. a lot going on. And so, um, yeah, I feel like 
if it didn't have so many messed up ideals here and there, like I would have this for my kids because it's so fun and like interesting. And I think they handle adult themes really well. And um, so, yeah, I would give it a, a holy toast. I, I loved it. A holy toast from Caroline. Mm-hmm. Cause again, I was thinking, should we just make every episode in August of this podcast and adventures? You thought Aussie? I would hate it. But I thought you would hate it. I thought <laughs> no, you would either I, hate it or be completely I don't hate it at all. It. I think it's great. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe we'll do more than one second service episode. Yeah. Okay. Great. Do, because we didn't even talk about, Hey, an episode in which, Eugene goes to hell in the imagination. Whoa! Yes. Yeah, I think, hey, I think you gotta that. you gotta go deep on all the like Splinter Cell versions of Odyssey, yes, like the Deviant Connellsville, Novacom. Were you up on Novacom? Did you listen I to those? I think that's maybe like the last. Stuff Same that for I me. To. It is so crazy that they're part of the NSA. <laughs> that can't be stressed enough. Yeah. Anyway, but those um, episodes are good. So, what were your thoughts? Oh man, what a well, uh, what a. Uh, what a treat! What a privilege! What a blessing to like get to revisit uh, a part of my past. It was, uh, I mean, uh, long story short, of course it's a holy toast. Oh, yeah. It holds up. I'm so glad it did. I was worried that it wouldn't. Yeah, I did. It was interesting going back with new eyes and being like, oh, I don't care for this message or the way in which this message is communicated. But it wasn't. Honestly, it wasn't as severe as I had anticipated. I was I went in with a little bit of trepidation, worried about like how uh, <laughs> how they were going to handle all that stuff. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, just a really really fun to reflect on like how how much I enjoyed this, and maybe even like like you were saying about how it developed. Like listening to audio stuff helps develop imagination. I'm like, am I? Do I owe? If I so I'm when I win an Oscar, do I get on stage and say thank you, Paul McCusker? Thank you, Mr. Thank Whitaker. you, James Dobson. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh my god, what the <laughs> Um But I thought it was so funny and sweet and smart, and uh, you gotta you gotta love it. Yeah, gotta yeah. love it. Well, actually, I'm gonna give it. A holy toast oh, as well. You tricked me. You, na- <laughs> you can draw a straight line between me listening to these nonstop when I was a kid uh, to doing podcasts and being interested in audio and having an imagination and having an appetite for storytelling and caring about a lot of the stuff that I care about today. And honestly, I think for people like Kale and myself or other people listening that, that do have nostalgia f- for it, even with all the problematic political and hateful nonsense of focus on the family aside i think i'm very grateful to have had it in a desert of veggie tales aside a wasteland of of a dearth of of good Mm -hmm. truly good christian narrative entertainment to say nothing of just good narrative entertainment this was so sweet to have and it was something that was safe but it was also good much like aslan or no no, he's not safe. He's not good. safe, That's but it. good. Wow. Uh, so I look back on this with so much fondness and so much affection in my heart and so much like positive memories of listening to it with my brother, listening to these two episodes mm-hmm. with my brother, remembering what the box set looked like and yeah, getting on the websites and talking about it yeah. and friggin' and, and, you know, spiraling out in nostalgia when I meet people who are into it too. And, and it's yeah. amazing how... Um, vivid these characters can be in your head when they're talking to each other and when things are going on and 
so I can just see how they're like people in your mind, even yeah. though you only have these like static pictures mm-hmm. on a disc set or whatever. Oh, when Jack and I was giving that very iffy and sexist speech to Connie, <laughs> there was a big part of me that was like, I love you, Jack, and I'm I'm sad that you're dead and I miss you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And same thing with Mr. Whitaker and all these people. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I I am very thankful and grateful for adventures in Asa. and and part of me is like that this is the fun of doing this podcast is like being able to separate the wheat from the chaff of all this stuff being able to look back on it with mm-hmm. fondness and say you know what this was all right and i can take good things away from it and i can separate what i think is bad or harmful or or unloving to people yeah and just be able to enjoy it i was so thankful that it was as enjoyable as it was mm-hmm. uh so yeah Unanimous holy toast from Amen. the Good Christian Fun podcast. But we're not the final word on this unifinal word, dear listener. So go to at Christian Fun Pod on Twitter. You can give it a holy roast, holy toast. Or if you want to, put it in the space between purgatory. Mm-hmm. I want one of them to go to purgatory in the imagination mm-hmm. station. Ooh, I don't think that's in their theology. <laughs> uh, so get out there and Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> And we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, From grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And now, more good Christian fun. All right, let's wrap it up, y'all. All All right, bye. (laughs) Uh, Now let's transition into... We're not wrapping up. We're going into a space of prayer. Prayer isn't, you know, some ritual. It's just 
It's just talking with your God, with your Father. Just talking to Daddy. You just think about talking to the big Mr. Whitaker in the sky, <laughs> of which at this point there's two. Oh, oh I hope. R.I.P. R.I.P. Paul and Hal. Now, Kale, another podcast you might be used to plugging your projects or promoting yourself. Mm-hmm. We're not here to do that. We're here to lift it up. That's of the world. That's of the world. So you lift up your social media handles. You lift up what you're working on. You lift up what you're enjoying in secular culture. All right. And uh, yeah, we, we just want to humble ourselves right now. We want to turn to Caroline as an example. I'm in a period of discernment on whether uh, God wants me to lift this up, uh, but you can you can be lifting up me at Caroline's parts on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, this week I would also like to lift up Sorry to Bother You, which is a weird surrealist movie about capitalism and faith. And Kevin's giving me a thumbs up because for once it's not a mainstream movie that he can shit on. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not getting the word out on the the Tom Cruise movie. On Fixer Upper. <laughs> Mission Impossible <Wow>. 6. <laughs> uh, I'm still thinking about it. It's still kind of haunting. Some good, mm. some good uh, subversive little messages in there. I also just felt so uh, white because I was like the only white person that I could see in my row, and I was like very careful at what I was gasping at. Oh, like and that. you did make a you did make a choice to yell "slay" at the screen a couple of times, right? <laughs> just to show solidarity, mm-hmm. purely. Right. Uh, but anyway, it's a great movie and uh, great acting in there. So hey, okay, we turn it to you. All right, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, thank you again so much for having me. Um, what do I want to lift? You're thanking uh, God, right? I'm thanking, yes, thank you. Thank capital Y. Put <laughs> a Y on that. You. Um, gosh, I guess I lay myself before you uh, uh, and ask that if people want to find me on social media, honestly, just Google my name and you'll Give find me. Give it a Google. I'd also like to lift up Vice News on HBO. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't stop watching it. Thank you, thank you, God, for uh, Shane McSmith uh, for making Vice News mm-hmm. and uh, being willing to use a small portion of his billion-dollar fortune to embed brave men and women into parts of the world that we otherwise wouldn't get a chance to see. The most recent episode took us to Syria now that ISIS has left and is showing us what it's like for the men and women who live there and uh, as they're attempting to demine the entire city and, and rebuild their lives. So I pray that you keep the men and women of Syria safe and that if people want to learn more about them, they can watch Vice News on HBO. Hey, this is a good lift up. Thank you, Kim. And you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. I'll lift up sharp objects oh i just watched the first episode interesting look it's i guess it's big little detectives big little sure. true detective little true detective i think so because okay. it it wants to be campy but it also wants to be prestige mm-hmm. but whenever they're in that gothic mansion as patricia clarkson overacting like a sweet little ham sandwich it's the best that's where that's where it thrives mm-hmm. but i recommend it it's very intense and very violent in parts um, so check out the content before you give it a watch, but I'm enjoying the heck out of it. And it's set in Missouri. Yes! And I, that my number one criteria for if I watch something, is it set in Missouri? Yeah. 
And your number two is, is Amy Adams in it. So, so it's checking all in a box. Two, two boxes. Anytime a, a show or movie is set in like a sleepy Midwest town where there's like all this stuff going on, but a little bit of glamour. Oh, yeah. That's well, my stuff. And she is like, and she's obviously a gorgeous, beautiful person, but she's okay at playing that part of like, like the the hometown queen. Like, I think she should have been Tanya Harding uh-huh. and I, Tanya, and so Margaret. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, great take. Yeah, thank you. I thought it was a great take, too. And you can <laughs> lift us up in all of our great takes on at Christian Fun Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. You can leave us a review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. And for every review you leave, we donate $1 to charity. And we have a new charity this month. That's right. Uh, in opposition to Focus on the Family this month, uh, we are donating to the Trevor Project, which is a hotline for LGBTQ plus youth um they are life affirming and they do great work and they are uh well rated by charity navigator and they got their shit together uh but they're helping lgbt youth in a great way and uh, we support them so support trevor project yourself oh yeah and you can check us out every friday for a second weekly helping of gcf and our gcf second service patreon.com slash good christian fund and this week Guys, we're talking about more adventures in Hasu on the second service. Kale, thank you so much Kale, for joining us. Treat, thank what you. What a great guest for this show. Yes. Uh, you nailed it. You nailed it, bro. Amen. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, and all of Pod's people said, Amen. Amen. Yay. Yay. Man, what a great episode. I feel like we learned a lot about ourselves about what women should and shouldn't do and Proverbs how men 69 behave. says good christian fun is a presentation of the headgum network 48 <laughs> adventures in aussie was written and directed by kevin and caroline our special guest was kale hills and our executive producer was god and i'm kevin hoping you'll join us again next time for more good christian fun I've heard of Beth Moore, but Mandy Moore? Next week on GCF, we're watching the 2006 movie Saved. Ugh, so bad. I've heard of Beth Moore, but Mandy Moore, that's not even a joke. It's not even wordplay. It's just, they have the same name. I could have done like Michael Moore or like A God to Remember or something with like, this is us or this is my body. Uh, more like this is us or the river. I could do a care. I, uh, uh, hi, y'all. It's Grant. Side. I love people. Seem to really love the characters. I could do one of those. No, I'm gonna keep it. Who gives a shit? <sighs> Gosh. That was a headgum podcast.